0: And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I have no relations with a man? The angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. There is something about the sudden appearance of beauty. Before for the eye, that arrests our attention, and that stuns us. There is something about the sudden appearance of light, where everything is dim, that catches our attention and pleases us. And to understand the mystery that we celebrate today, the Immaculate Conception of Our Lady, we do well to consider those simple and common experiences. Last August is one of those rare moments where I'm going to tell a personal story. Last August I had the opportunity to take some time with a number of members of the Association of Mary Queen of All Hearts in France. And at the place we were having our meetings in the village of St. Laurent, sur the Suvra River encircled the property where we were meeting. And one day, praying my rosary on the grounds, I noticed through the trees uh, that bordered the river and the property that somebody was looking at me through the trees and there on the other side of our river in a niche in what looked like a stone cave was our lady's face in fact a statue of our lady somewhere on the other side of the river and there was no obvious way to get there i spent actually two days trying to track down a trail to this magnificent lord's grotto that was so tantalizingly close and so far away but that moment, literally, as I'm beginning the third decade of my rosary, the mystery of the nativity, looking up and seeing her peeking through the trees, looking at me. And an exquisite, an exquisitely beautiful stone statue of Our Lady of Lords, And arrested by that, I knew I needed to go there. But having found the place and discovering kind of the secret combination of back roads and trails that would lead us there, the next day, I dragged a group of people out with me to visit her, and it was marvelous. It was myself, a couple mem- several members of the, associate- of the association, and a couple other Montfort priests who foolishly decided to follow me along this curious set of twisting streets and then wooded trails. And there was a moment, there was a moment as we were coming near where the the grotto was, that one walks through this whole jumble of boulders, and then there's a sharp turn. And I remember speaking to one of our associates saying, watch everybody's face as they come around the turn. Because all of a sudden one comes around the turn and it's shadow and dim and the scenery is striking, but that's not what we're there for. And all of a sudden one comes around the turn and suddenly there's a large cave, a large grotto, and suddenly our lady is simply right there. Out of nowhere she fills your vision. And it was marvelous. It's that magical look almost of children on Christmas morning when they see the presents under the tree. The way everyone's face lit up and the smiles. Because they knew they were going to see something special, but not something so surprisingly beautiful as that. And that moment of seeing these faces suddenly glow and take on a radiance simply by who they saw, what they saw, so surprisingly visible as they came around that turn, that is something of the very essence of the mystery of what we celebrate today. We hear in our first reading the effects of the fall. Man and woman created sinless, created blameless, created with perfection, stretching out their hand in selfish blind ambition and suddenly finding themselves with hands filled with guilt and with death and with sadness. And that is the plight of the world, the plight of the human race since that moment. That moment we're out of the light and the happiness of the garden. We are plunged into the darkness of futility. And while there is goodness about us, there is goodness that is broken. A goodness that can never clearly and truly express itself. Unbelievable. Till that moment, that moment that heralds a turning point in time itself, when imagine this, imagine the view from heaven for a moment, looking down at this sin-fallen world, so many hearts created for goodness, created for communion with the Lord as we hear in our second reading, God chose you before he created the world. God chose you for himself. But imagine the view looking down, seeing all of those who are chosen by God for himself. Groaning under the weight of guilt, saddled with darkness and disorder, filled with vice in place of virtue. Imagine looking out at that dim view, made for beauty, and yet falling short. And then suddenly, as if out of nowhere, suddenly, the view changes. Because suddenly, there is a spotless, clear, bright, perfect heart perfect life. No guilt, no vice, no wickedness, no no selfish ambition, no dishonesty, no indifference, simply pure goodness. The beauty into which man was originally created, out of which and from which he fell, suddenly Shining brightly in that dim world. And imagine the way heaven's heart thrills at that moment. Imagine the looks on the angels' faces as they watch this world and watch over its inhabitants to suddenly see the coming of that one. Not fallen. but purely good, purely beautiful, purely bright. And now let's imagine it from the other side of things, from our side, not from heaven's side. Because we know what it is to be in a room and either the curtains are drawn or there are no windows, or imagine windows that are so dirty that light doesn't really pass through them. And so we don't know, is it daytime? or is it night time outside? We don't know if the sun is really shining because what we see is only a certain dimness. We have a vague idea that it's day, but we can't be sure. And imagine suddenly if one of those windows is cleaned and all of a sudden light in its fullness and its brightness, passes through. And into that dim room, into that space where no one could see clearly to begin with, suddenly light, in its clear and golden glory, enters. And everything seems different. This is what we celebrate today this is what we celebrate today we celebrate the fact that creation now has that clear spotless window through which the light of divine grace and goodness can pass and come to us all of a sudden among us in creation our little sister conceived mary our little sister who is as well our mother conceived as that spotless window, ready to receive, bear, and communicate the spotless light of the grace, and the goodness, and the life of Jesus Christ. Heaven looking down, seeing the conception of this one, hidden from the eyes of the world, whose beauty is so blazingly brilliant and clear. And they see there in the brightness of Our Lady's beauty and purity, a herald of that greater brightness. That blazing brilliance of the son of justice himself, who is about to come into the world. This is what we celebrate today. This is what we celebrate. We sometimes get confused when we consider the mystery of Our Lady's Immaculate Conception thinking it's merely an abstraction, thinking it's something that makes her different from us. But remember what we heard in the, writing, the letter of St. Paul. God chose you before the foundation of the world. And so everything that we say here involves you. Not in the abstract, but personally, it involves You. Because why does this light in its beauty suddenly shine forth in the darkness of a sin-fallen world? Because God made you for himself. And God will not let you be irredeemably lost. You and I need salvation. You and I need a savior. The savior desires to come and to save us. He desires to come to us, but he will come to us through one who is worthy in her own way to receive him, to communicate him and to give him. Why is our lady conceived without original sin? Because God made you for himself. God made me for himself. And the Lord will not abandon you, nor will he abandon me. This privilege of her Immaculate Conception doesn't separate her from us. It unites her to us. Why is Our Lady the Immaculate Conception? Because you and I need Jesus Christ. Without your need for Christ, in a sense, Our lady is not who she is. Note how marvelous that is. Note how wondrous that is. And so just like as we prepare for the great celebration of the nativity of the Lord, by laying out and carefully placing and arranging the figures in our nativity set, by turning on the lights, and what do we have here but a provisional and temporary beauty that anticipates a greater beauty. As beautiful as the layout is in front of us, it is at the service of the one for whom we are waiting. It is at the service of the one that will be received here. But note, the one who is all beautiful is received into one and by one who is all beautiful all good, all pure, all sinless. That gate of the Lord which is reserved for himself, that dwelling which the Lord carefully prepares for himself, filling her with the fullness of blessing and grace that the human heart was originally made to possess. And so on this day and this feast day, we celebrate creation being made New. And the newness begins in a very small way. Little Mary, conceived on this day. Conceived because we need the Savior. Conceived sinless because the Savior indeed will come and will save us. And so note what else we say about this feast. To celebrate her conception, She, who from the first instant of her life is set aside for the work of salvation, is to say, salvation has come very near. It is to celebrate the kindling of the light of the morning star in the sky, whose appearance announces that the arrival of the sun is certain and soon to follow. Beautiful as the morning star is, its gentle light Its gentle beauty prepares us for the full golden blazing beauty of that greater one who is to come. How wonderful that is. And so for a moment in Advent, the hymn of the Gloria is sounded in our church. That hymn whose origin is Christmas. That hymn sung by the angels when the Savior shows his face to the world for the very first time we sing today, and why? Because today reminds us of the certainty of what is to follow, how beautiful that is. How beautiful we can reflect on these things here in this shrine dedicated to our Blessed Lady. Because as St. Louis de Montfort so beautifully reminds us, it is through the Holy Virgin Mary that Jesus Christ has come into the world. He takes no other way to us but the holy way of Mary. And it is likewise through the Holy Virgin Mary that Jesus Christ will come again into the world. And in speaking that way, he is simply giving voice to what the church has long understood. If we would know the fullness of the light of the Son of Justice, we should first find the morning star. We should draw near to her through whom he draws near to us. Because we know this. He has no other way. He comes to us through Mary, with Mary, in Mary, and by Mary. And so note what we say. In a very real way, she is the way he walks to you. She is the way He walks to me. He comes into this world in no other way. And so we rightly honor her. We rightly honor the place that he has given her. And when we do that, we honor him. We honor the wisdom that chooses to save us in this wondrous way. We honor the goodness that so inexplicably will humble himself to be dependent on her. And when we trust her and turn to her, as we do here at this shrine every single day, we act in his spirit, the first to honor her, the first to trust her, the first to come to us through her. And when we turn to him and go to him through her, Notice what we do. We do exactly what he has done. How marvelous that is. And how wondrous we can do it here. We're on this day where we celebrate him who has come to us by means of our lady from this altar in this shrine dedicated to our lady. He comes once again. And how marvelous that is. From this altar, he will come down, He who originally humbled himself and stepped out of heaven for you and for me by giving himself to the world through Mary, here in Our Lady's shrine, invites you to come forward that he might continue to give himself to you. When we stretch out our hands to receive him in Holy Communion, when we open our mouths to be fed by him in his infinite goodness. Let us, as we say our amen to those beautiful words, the body of Christ, be conscious of her through whom his body has come to us. Be conscious of her through whom he has come to us. And as we say our amen, our amen, let us have in our hearts the spirit of her who is the first to receive him into herself. And what are those words she says? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. And if that is our prayer in Thanksgiving after Holy Communion today, that indeed is a mighty prayer. That indeed is an effective prayer. And that is the very prayer that makes the spirit capable of truly saying, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, amen.